back to the crossover podcast the show where you get comics and you get sports and it is a comics day today because we're going to be talking about marvel's netflix's the defenders we're going to be deep diving into that as much as we can because i'll be honest i don't have a lot to say about the defenders and um yeah uh, and also, we'll probably talk a little bit about, uh, apparently, we're going to get some uh, live-action Joker origin movie that, uh, I don't know who asked for this, but apparently we're going to get it, so uh, here we go. Um, joining me today are the same panel we had last time we talked Marvel Netflix show, which was, unfortunately, Iron Fist. Um, Kevin Miller's here. How's it going, Kevin? Sweet Christmas. Yeah, and also joining us is uh, Kyle Brown. How's it going, KB? I am a fan of the Zinc Knuckle. The zinc knuckle, <laughs> as opposed to the iron fist. Uh, um, I, I like, like I said, I don't have a lot to say about defenders. I mean, it's really more of the same. I mean, if 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 each of these Marvel Netflix shows was like a, a cooked dish on one of those Food Network reality TV shows, and we were to judge it, um, basically, my critique of the defenders would be bland uninspired and just baseless like like it, it's i don't know it's 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 more of the same for me from from marvel netflix what do you think kb i think it comes down to they didn't know what they were doing with how many characters they had they were trying to throw too many too many characters into one show they're trying to put too many ingredients into one dish and it's just it that's not working it wasn't working for them what was, your, what was your take, Miller? Uh, my quick synopsis is I enjoyed the first couple episodes because it was everyone doing their own thing and kind of doing getting to the central plot. Uh, once everyone was on the central plot, I have no idea why Luke and Jessica stuck around at all. Um, and uh, then it just... I'm, I'm, it was a gratefully only eight episodes this time around. Let's yeah, I would say that, yeah, that was the biggest... Uh... I can't imagine watching four or five more episodes of this. I mean, it's 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 it it, it was kind of a mess from the get go. This I, I I think I completely agree with you. Where the first four episodes are kind of enjoyable, and I'll say I think the best part of this episode were the the wacky scene transitions that they had. Where it would be like, okay, this part of the Daredevil thing is over. Quick shot of a subway thing, and it would be like yellow to let us know we were headed to because, like, they, they gave yeah, everybody exactly. a color, like, right? Oh, it's, yeah, it's yellow lighting, so we know Mike Coulter's gonna be involved. Also, there's like generic background hip hop, <laughs> yeah, and it's like, okay, we're heading there, and then it'll be purple, so that means we're gonna go hang out with Jessica Jones, or and or it's red, so we're heading back to Daredevil, right? And it was, yeah, and and, and then all of a sudden it'd be green, and you'd be like, no, that means more Iron Fist, ah, and it's just like, uh. <laughs> Well, yeah. it was the, the it was not exemplified better than the scene where like Jessica's in the interrogation room with Misty Knight, mm-hmm. uh, and it's like you know the cold blue purplish interrogation room, and then Matt Murdock opens up a door and there's red light streaming in behind him for some reason. Mm-hmm. 
Like, who turned the red light on in the hallway? Like there's an egg. Like there's a drill or something. There's a really <laughs> bright exit sign right behind them. Yeah, they have to be up to code with this super bright exit sign. I was <laughs> gonna like, say, yeah, if they turned off the one-way mirrors, they could tell that you know the building is on lockdown. There's all these like red lights lit. <laughs> but uh, I'm like, okay, well that's cool. And I mean, like I like that scene. I like the scene where you know. Uh, Luke Cage and Iron Fist encounter each other in the in the alleyway and you know try to fight each other to mixed results. Uh, and that might be it. Yeah, I'm. I, I mean, what do you what do you say? It's 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 more of the same from from Marvel Netflix. Um, terrible villains, bad plot, bad storytelling, stuff that didn't really make sense. They did Sigourney Weaver, who was okay, I guess. I mean, she was game with the material that they gave her. They didn't really give her anything of substance to work with. But I thought that she was good until they made but, her just one of like the five people. Yeah, exactly. And then it was all of a sudden it was like, and and not only that, but like they were like, oh, there's five hand members. It's like, okay, well, why were they only mentioned in like they weren't mentioned until the fifth episode of an eight episode series? Where it's like, okay, now there's apparently five of us, and it's like... I think there was a brief mention of them in Iron Fist. Maybe, I don't know, I don't... I, I think there was a scene where, like, Madame Gao said to, like, you know, mm-hmm. I am one but one finger of the hand, or something like that. Yeah, and then, it, and it was basically the, the it, like, Marvel basically had this vision of... Because it, it seemed, at one point, the way they were building it, that... Sigourney Weaver's character was just going to be this shameless, shameless, and like, like just really, just awful version of like ripoff of of Rachel Ghoul. That was what they were setting it up because it was like she she led That's this. Kind of what I figured. Yeah. She led this like ninja. She it turns out she was the leader of the hand, and she was this ninja. You know that she'd lived since the 1800s, and she she was able to amass this huge fortune because she'd been living so long and had a magic ninja clan and was using this secret elixir to keep her from living or to keep her living all this time. And she's like, oh, and she's basically going on about how she fears death and stuff, much like Rachel Ghoul. And the entire time, I was just like, boy, this is shameful. But then they. They they made it even worse by basically splitting Sigourney Weaver from her you know weird Rachel Ghoul ripoff into like five each of them more multi ethnic than the last and also shittier version of Rachel Ghoul right where it's just basically like we've got a white woman and we've got a Japanese man and a Chinese woman and a Middle Eastern man <laughs> and it's like okay like this is like the the, the multi ethnic diverse crew or uh, of of just awful bad guys like it was, it was oh it's bad did did anyone else not understand their motivation at all I'm glad I was going to save this this what? this is the worst what, what they were doing what they were doing in, in this plan, I would say this is the worst wire to wire bad guy plan since um Batman returns when Christopher Walken's Max Shrek tried to get the penguin to become mayor so that he could build a power plant that would suck power. Are we ignoring uh Lex Luthor as played by Jesse Eisenberg? <laughs> yeah, I mean that you know what? You're this was definitely closer. Like this version of the Defenders was absolutely one hundred percent closer to Batman versus Superman than it was to the Avengers. It it absolutely was. You don't understand anybody's motivation in this except maybe for Matt Murdoch's who's just like, I want to get laid and it's like, sure. Oh god. From what I could gather 
four of the hand wanted to go home to Kunlung. Yeah, which was ki- destroyed. Which, which uh, they make, destroyed it, what, in which, no, at it the end of Iron Fist or something. That little thing, like when Iron Fist was like, "You destroyed Kunlung." They're like, "No, it's it's still there." He's like, "What? I didn't see it." Like you saw what you wanted to see, and like, holy fuck, this is dumb. Yeah. Like, but they want to go home. I don't understand. Like, what's there for them? Yeah. What's the point of going home? You have this massive fortune and army and whatever in this world, and like through the entire series of Daredevil and of Iron Fist, they've been, oh, they want to take over the world and they want to like take over every dimension and whatever, and that then they're just like, no, we want to, we just want to go home. We want to sip on that dragon juice and go home. Like, holy fuck, like, what is this? Yeah, and they didn't even make it very clear that apparently... Because they, they kept saying, the substance, the substance, the substance, and they're like, oh, because, like... The like, item. Yeah, they were like, we need this, we need this, we need this in order to... We need to get the MacGuffin. Yeah, and it was like, we, we need this, why? So that we can live forever. Well, how did you run out of it? Well, we used it on Electra. Why? But then Bakudo comes back. Yeah, and then, yeah, Bakudo comes back, but, but, but it's like... It's also like, why did you use it on Electra? What did you need her for? And they kept saying, "Oh, she's the Black Sky." She's like, well, what does that mean? Like, like what? What is the Black Sky? They never explained what the Black Sky was. It was just some weird title. And I remember they they said there was like this Black Sky thing in in the very first season of Daredevil, where it was like yeah, they kind of they kind of did some flashback stuff with her and Stick in season two of Daredevil too. Yeah, and it was just like it, it was just like, well, why do you need Electra? Why do you need the substance they're like oh to live forever well then why did you waste it on electra for what purpose and they're like oh well we need this empty vessel to you know we, we, we need to bring back this empty vessel so that we can have a super secret check like assassin check why why to what end and let me ask you this at the beginning like the second episode they did the like earthquake in new york why what was that for like what, what purpose did that serve their plan because like the whole thing was like let's like there was a conversation Madam Gao had with Sigourney Weaver, where Sigourney Weaver's like, "We're moving up the timeline of her plan," and Gao's like, you know, while they're sitting there feeding the birds, right? And she's like, "We got to move up. I don't get a lot of time left." And she's like, "Oh, well, you know, it's it's not a good idea to move up the timeline. You know, patience is a virtue and stuff." And she's like, "Well, yeah, I don't got a lot of time. I need to get that sweet, sweet magic juice that helps us keep living." And it's and they like, were never clear on that, and I assume no. that it was just them trying to bust through the wall that only Iron Fist can bust through and setting off a huge explosion underground. But, like, they already had dug the hole, though. Like, like, yeah, that's we, what I'm wondering, yeah. So why did they – what was the purpose of – because basically it was like, we have a bad guy plan. Well, what do we need to complete this bad guy plan? Well, was, we need the Iron Fist. That, Matt, and I'm not trying to be apologist here. No, no, no. Like, that, play devil's advocate. Brief exchange between Gao and Alexandra, where they're like, oh, we need the Iron Fist to get through this wall. And she's like, well, did you try breaking it down? We tried everything. And, I mean, that, that I guess, is supposed to explain that explosion earthquake away. I, no, yeah, even so. But, like, all, all that literally I mean, did it's was... it's shitty if that's what it's, it is. Oh, it's ferocious writing. It's ferocious writing. Because, like, literally, they're like, all that did was... was it, it only served the purpose of alerting the bad guys to their presence in the city. That's all it was. It was just like, well, we need the Iron Fist to, to do this. And then, well, let's go get them. And they're like, well, actually, what if we set off this device for no reason that causes tremors across, you know, the biggest city in the United States and alerts everyone to our plan and presence and forces them all to this one building, right, where they, they're going to team up and take us down. It was, oh, it was bad. Jessica Jones is one thing, but if, uh, you know, Trish, Patsy Walker can stumble upon your conspiracy. Yeah, Tr- yeah. 
just man, <laughs> like, uh. And I mean, all the side characters that just weren't necessary. Like, why they literally didn't know what to do with them, so they stuck them all in a room. Yeah, it was just to be like, hey, they're all here, hanging out, having a time. Isn't this <laughs> like, cool? Yeah, and it was but like, the best not... part, Matt, is they weren't all there, and can we talk about your favorite part of this Yes, movie? thank you, Miller, for, thank you for setting it on a T for me there. <laughs> if you'll just lob it up, let me spike it. My absolute favorite moment of this series, I think it happened in, like, the third episode or something, where Danny Rand and Colleen Wing go to... Uh, uh, Rand corporate the Rand Corporation and they're like we need to get some information on this on this thing. Where's Ward? And then someone goes, oh Ward's on vacation. He won't be here. And I was like, Woohoo! All right, no Meachums. And like that was the highlight of of I I would say that that was probably my second favorite part of of, <laughs> of fucking the Defenders. And uh, we'll 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 get to my favorite part in in the end, which I hope they don't fuck up. But uh, yeah. Uh, do you have anything to add to that, Miller? <laughs> the Ward Meacham business trip? Not a whole lot. I mean, <laughs> they, they at least said that, but I mean, mm-hmm. like, they could have done that for a lot of other extras as well. Like, I don't know that I need to see Malcolm again, really. No. Uh, Jerry Hogarth was in, like, a scene and a half. Yeah. Which, I mean, she, she's fun when she's on the show. Like, I liked her in Jessica Jones, but, mm-hmm. I mean, she didn't need to show up to be like, hey, Jessica, watch out. And also, Foggy, look after Jessica. I'm leaving forever. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> I'm leaving town forever. Um, so, yeah, let's talk about some of the good stuff before we – I mean, we, 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 we laid into it pretty fiercely in this first ten minutes here. But let, let, let's talk about what we like. What was your favorite part, KB? My favorite part was, believe it or not, a boardroom scene. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, yeah, okay. boardroom scene. The boardroom scene where uh, Danny Rand comes up and is like, yo, screw you guys. I'm going to get you. And they're like, well, we're just going to murder you. And then Luke Cage shows up and they do the... And he, the coolest part for me is when everyone busts in the room with guns and then Danny kind of like slides behind Luke and he, Luke just stands there and absorbs all the bullets. I'm like, that's pretty sweet. Yeah. Like that's the heroes for hire, right? Like that's, yeah. that's when you're like, Oh, okay. That's the, that's the good stuff. Right. Yeah. It was, that was probably that whole scene. In that what, I liked is that, what I liked about that scene is that everyone kind of shows up there on their own auspices. So when Luke Cage like busts down the boardroom door and Danny Rand's there getting his ass kicked, he's like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, jeez. I mean, I mean my yeah, f- that was that was the best sequence of the of the series. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And, and, the, was. and, this, and the the bit of uh, Danny Rand, um, like in there by himself, basically surrounded by the upper ninjas of the hand who were in New York at the time, just basically being like, "You're the hand, I'm the Iron Fist, and I'm gonna basically take you all down." That's probably the best Iron Fist that we've got in both series so far. I want to say. Like that's a confident Danny Rand that I can get behind. Yeah, I don't, what they've done to what they've done to the Iron Fist in in this Marvel Netflix series, like it is, it's absolutely appalling. Like it 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 is like to make him this just fucking moron who at one point the only like. They've told you repeatedly, we need the Iron Fist, we need the Iron Fist. What the fuck do you think they need you to do? They need you to punch this door with your fist. So what do you do when you're near the door? <laughs> start throwing punches. Start throwing punches and lighten up, let you light up the fist and start throwing punches? What the 
fuck are you doing? And I realize you need him. I like how he does that. He throws, like, punches for maybe ten seconds before Electra has that wall down. <laughs> yeah, and, like, and I they really, I don't know, it was, it was strange to me that they also took some weird things with, with Luke Cage where it was, like, we saw in, in the very first episode of Luke Cage, somebody tried to punch him, and we got the close-up shot of the bone, of every bone yeah, in the guy's hand shat- yeah. Yeah, shattering. And then Iron Fist is like, which was probably, you know, one of my favorite points was just Luke Cage just beating the shit out of Iron Fist, right? In, in like, episode two, even though they didn't know each other. And, like, you know, Danny Rand's doing all this, like, martial arts stuff to him. And he's, like, and Luke Cage yeah. is just standing yeah, there going. Yeah, he's getting down and, like, kicking him in the chest. <laughs> yeah, and. and <laughs> not moving at all. Yeah, and then Luke Cage isn't moving whatsoever. And then Danny Rand's like, well, now i got to do this. And he lights up the fist and, and. Punches yeah, Luke Cage and knocks him out, and I'm, and I'm like, yes, this is this is how it should. I'm like, that's how that sequence should go, except for Danny. That, that is my second favorite scene of this season. And except, I liked it because it was yeah. kind of back and forth between them too. Because at one point, then Luke's like, all right, this kid is, you know, he's well on me some with some kung fu shit. As far as I know, he's about as strong as everyone else who tries to punch me. Uh, I'm gonna start wailing on him now, and you know, Danny Rand does the Bruce Lee move like water, and Luke Cage can't even touch him for half the time. Mm-hmm. And I so like, they, they both are like, wow, we're kind of outclassing each other, but also can't do anything to each other. And then they both get like one or two big hits on each other. I liked how they alluded to the thunderclap when uh, they, I think they matched fists at one point. And there was okay, I was wondering if that was a thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. because, because Luke I thought it was going to be like Cage Iron can't Man do, Luke Cage can do the Hulk's thunderclap. He's done it before. Yeah. So, I think, and the stick alluded to the fact that Luke Cage is super holding back. Yeah. Because, you know, obviously he doesn't want to murder everyone on accident. Yeah, Luke Cage is a cuddly teddy bear. Yeah. But, I mean, my second favorite scene is every scene where Stick was just like, no, you guys are morons, do it this way. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, when he when he's caught and he has his, like, you know, you see a, a lot of cliches in in uh, cinema and TV where he's caught, he gets, he gets a little fight on, and then usually it's, what are you going to do now with your silly sword? Ha, ha, ha. And then the character gives up. No, no. Stick cuts off his fucking hand, and he's like, peace. Yeah. That was the cool, That was one of the coolest things keeping in his character. And then when he kills one of the hand dudes because he's about to get away, mm-hmm. and I know for a fact if he didn't escape by cutting off his hand, and if he didn't cut off the guy's head, we would be bitching about, why don't you just murder him? Yeah. Like he's he's a piece of a hand dude. Like, Jessica's murdered Kilgrave. Stick has murdered hundreds and thousands of people. Uh, Daredevil's killed before. The only person who hasn't killed on purpose is Luke Cage. No, Daredevil hasn't killed. They made a very... They varied a, this version of Daredevil, <sighs> anyway. In the comics, he hasn't, but, like... Uh, the, that was a very big thing in season one. I, I don't remember season two if he accidentally killed anybody or anything like that. He killed but... Nobu because he had to. Well, like, that was yeah, but didn't well, kill him because he's didn't kill him because he's not actually dead. Which, yeah. By the way, where the fuck was he in this whole thing? But yeah, that that also yeah, the killing Nobu thing. That also that that was very Batman esque of like, well. I technically didn't do that to the guy. He did it to himself, right? And now I'm just walking away, right? Yeah. <laughs> that, that, there yeah. was that. I'm not gonna kill you, but I don't have to save you either. <laughs> exactly, right? Yeah, that was that was very much it. Uh. Just, I don't, I don't understand 
anyone else but Stick's motivation, where it's just like, he's like, we need to do whatever we need to do to stop them from killing everyone. Yeah, not, not to means... take away from that uh, KB, but I guarantee that if this series was 12 episodes, there would have been a, oh, the bad guys got away and we got to capture them all over again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. And then start to kill them. <laughs> yeah, it was just, I mean, I'm glad it was, I'm glad it was eight. I'm glad it was eight episodes. I'm, I'm yeah, I really oh, it was am. was a pleasant surprise at 2 a.m. Yeah, well, I thought it was, well, even, I, I didn't even know that, like, because earlier I was thinking we wouldn't be able to record this episode until a couple of days later, because I thought I still had six episodes left, but I turns out I, I only I had one. I, I, I did the first six, and it was like 12.30 or something like that, and I'm like, well, like, I binged Friday night after I got home from work. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, got myself a big bottle of wine and some Chinese takeout like I do with the Marvel uh, Netflix series. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Park myself in front of the TV and go for it. Um, it got to like midnight or so, and I'm like, well, I've got at least, you know, I've got like, I'm halfway through. I've done six episodes, so I'm going to make myself a big pot of coffee and did that. And then I'm like, oh, we're only got two left. <laughs> yeah. So I was wired until 4 a.m. <laughs> Why why couldn't a thing behind the door be something cooler than dragon bones? Like why couldn't an infinity stone be back there? Wouldn't that have because, been more awesome? Because it's the weekend of killing dragons, KB. <laughs> yeah. I guess I guess. <laughs> Gee, I mean, yeah. And it's just they never explained cuz like what were they doing? They were like hacking the bone like the dra- they were like yeah, using well, chainsaws on the dragon like a bone, bone and bro- a bone dragon bone broth soup or whatever. <laughs> yeah, or and, and they're just like, yeah, and they're just like the guy start yeah like in the last episode there's just random hand guys chainsawing parts off the dragon bone and i guess we're meant to piece it together and be like i guess the dragon bone is their lazarus pit ripoff substance yeah, that they need i, I don't know like, if they were like somehow like getting like blood out of the marrow and that's the blood that they submerge you in when you do the you know the the mm. rejuvenation pod <laughs> yeah it, i don't know it was it was I mean, they're they're supposed to be cryptic, but I mean, yeah. the differences they make now—they're all dead. Yeah, it's it's oh boy. Or are they? God, or are dun, they? Dun. Yeah, of course they're not. It was bad. <laughs> they couldn't even give us. They couldn't even give us like a hey, you know, find out what happened to Matt <laughs> by the you know Daredevil three, which is coming next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, they couldn't even biggest, give us that. They're like, nope, he's still alive. Biggest middle finger. Like, it was almost a literal middle finger where they're just like, hey, he's dying in this rubble thing. And you're like, no, he's not. Everyone knew that he was. There was no tension. There was no whatever. And how did how did he survive? Like, what I have the a, I, I have a very stupid guess, but <laughs> if you'll bear with me. He didn't uh, end Dragon Bones? <laughs> yeah, basically, like, you know, uh, he was he was mortally wounded, but he was also covered in Dragon Bone powder, which got crushed all around him. And, you know... He clung to life as a result. (laughs) But also, so did Elektra, and so did Madame Gao, and etc, etc, etc. That just makes me want to... I don't like it. It's a very Dragon Ball Z sort of thing. (laughs) Who came back quicker, him or Superman, at the end of Batman (laughs) versus... I'm I'm curious to know who they they let us pretend was dead longer, because I don't think it's... I I don't... my joke answer, Matt? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I know you did. Absolutely. Uh... Daredevil did because Superman was dead for like 14 hours between the D- Doomsday fight and the end of that goddamn movie. <laughs> um, the actual answer is the 2018 NBA playoffs. Are you <laughs> are you are you ready for for my first uh, uh, at a left field claim of of the podcast, KB? 
Sure. Because I'm going the other way because Matt Murdock lying in the bed surrounded by nuns actually was my favorite moment of this entire series. Because that is a direct, direct reference to the single greatest Marvel, and I'm not saying Daredevil, I'm saying the single greatest Marvel storyline comic book that has ever, ever been, I'm going to go Chris Jericho here, that has ever, ever been created. And that is Frank Miller's 1986 Board Again, which is the greatest... 1986 is the greatest performance in the history of comic book writers of all time. Because Frank Miller did Daredevil's Born Again, which, like I said, is the greatest Marvel story of all time. And he did The Dark Knight Returns, which is not only the Bible... Which is not only the greatest DC story of all time, but is also the greatest... The Bible of comic books. Like, he turned out those two in the same year. Born Again, if if this is the lead-in, and, and I'm, I'm imploring Marvel Netflix... Do not fuck this up in Daredevil season two. It's season three. If their plan is to slide right from the Defenders into doing an entire season that is Frank Miller's Born Again, which you could absolutely do thirteen episodes in Frank Miller's Born Again. It is like I mean, like that's the renaissance this series needs. It it, it absolutely is. Like I I, I am. I am I mean, up there. The word renaissance literally here meaning Born Again. Yeah, exactly. Like it 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 like. Frank Miller's Born Again is is a fucking goddamn masterpiece. It is Marvel. Like, the only one I would even consider putting in the conversation, like, wire to wire, I think, like, you know, Brubaker's run in the 90s with some of the X-Men stuff might be there. His Immortal Iron Fist is really good, but it's not as good as uh, uh, Born Again. And uh, Christopher Priest's run, uh, Black Panther run, I, are, 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 I think are the only things that... Marvel has that can even come close to Frank Miller's Born Again run, and the only thing that I would give, uh, that I would take away points from Christopher Priest's Black Panther run is that there's a Deadpool cameo in that, so that immediately takes it out of the running of greatest uh, thing <laughs> well, of all time. But like, I like at my attention. Yeah, basically, in in like Born Again is the is the story where. Um, like it opens with Matt Murdock and it, and his mom and he's beat up and his mom's a nun and and it, she's like this weird shadowy Christ figure that exists and it, oh god it is so fucking fantastic and um, basically what happens is Karen Page is trying to be because in the in the comic book she's not really a receptionist um, per se but she's trying to be an actress and then doesn't succeed being an actress and then because it's you know frank miller writing a female character she goes into pornography right and uh and uh when she you know during her stay in pornography she gets addicted to heroin and for a fix of heroin she sells matt murdoch's identity as the daredevil to some low level you know dealer for a hit of heroin in mexico and of course this news makes it all the way up the chain to the kingpin who then uses this information to both financially, professionally destroy Matt Murdock. You know, he cripples his assets, he gets him disbarred, and, you know, destroys him basically, like, uses his corporate tie-ins to destroy Matt Murdock. And just basically beats Matt Murdock down into the ground, and we've got to watch him crawl out of the ashes, hence why it's called Born Again. And, and rebuild himself and th- there's really great emotion w- in that thing with Karen Page coming back and being like I sold your identity can you forgive me and he has to do like because I mean you know there's all the Catholic imagery of, of Daredevil going you know of, of being able to say 
you know, you've basically done the worst thing anybody can possibly do to me. And then he goes to Karen Page, I forgive you after all that, much like a certain uh, long-haired carpenter that some people believe existed at one point. And, and, you know what I'm talking about. You said, I have that blue car. Yeah, and man, friggin', it's it's so good. Nuke is in that, so they could bring back Nuke from, from the Jessica Jones thing to fight okay. uh, thing. <laughs> Electra is not in it. Which immediately makes it one of the greatest Daredevil stories of all time because Electra is putrid. Uh, it's Kingpin heavy, so we get Vincent D'Onofrio back, and we get to go another thirteen episodes with the Kingpin. Uh, it, it is an absolute masterpiece. Said that he wasn't in this at all, if actually. they do Born Again frame for fucking frame, that is the only advice I can give to the people who they set it up at the end of this. That's the only advice I can give to the people doing Daredevil season three. Do Born Again frame like panel for fucking. Panel. Don't think because the people because like like Marvel Netflix here Marvel Netflix people scoot closer scoot closer listen to me scoot closer you don't have it <laughs> like writing wise you do not have it you you guys are one hit wonders you got it once you got it right once with the first season of Daredevil you were okay on Jessica Jones but you were basically pulling kind of the 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 Purple Man. Uh, storyline frame for frame so you did you did that and you got a decent show but after that you guys have been putrid you do not have it writing wise please realize that and just do born again frame for frame <laughs> and that's all i gotta say that's honestly that's like that's it cut, cut, like crossover podcast available crossover podcast doesn't count no i'm just kidding but uh <laughs> like like honestly that's it for me like the 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 born again reference is because uh, honestly i think i think think born again like Dar- like frank miller's born again run might be my second favorite comic book of all time next to the the dark knight return or the dark knight returns and that is incredibly high praise that's all i'm saying it it, it like that 1986 run was was incredible by by frank miller like he was fi- he was throwing 106 that entire year it, it's 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 remarkable and yeah i don't know <laughs> for us to like yeah, I just I just hope I, they don't tease us and then deviate and give us shit. In I understand season three. your excitement, but oh man, you no, really I'm not like to touch. Do you really want these people to touch a baby? No, like excitement is not the word I would use. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm, this hope. is how I'm going into Wonder Woman. Yeah, hope. Hope is the word, maybe. Like I don't know. Like like I don't Who's know. Get, exactly. Exactly. I mean, it's just. Without hope, what are we? That's true. I I mean, like I I wouldn't say I wouldn't be optimistic. I wouldn't be optimistic because I guarantee you I'm gonna start reading crap that says stuff like, well, you know, we're not gonna be following it panel for panel. We're gonna take elements of, well, of born again, they right? Are. And like, it's like, no, they should follow <laughs> panel for panel. Ruin <laughs> like, you a little bit right now, Matt, so they don't have to. Of course, they're not gonna follow panel. No, for panel. I know they won't, but they should. Is what I'm saying because they don't have it. <laughs> like, they, don't. they they don't. They absolutely don't have it. Although I fully believe that this, uh, the Karen Page in this universe can uh, fall a couple pegs and actually make me like her more because of it. Yeah, because I mean, like it would it would work because like that Deborah Ann Wool character would like version of Karen Page, like you you don't have to go into the, like okay because you know because she's written by a female character written by Frank Miller so she's there has to be a ninja no. assassin yeah. or, or a hooker. You don't have to do that, but you could say she's so distraught from. Uh, for, from losing Matt that she starts like experimenting with drugs and stuff and then eventually becomes addicted so like at the next like well, the, there's just go a bit more yeah. PG with it and she becomes like an alcoholic or something, or something like, like that well I don't know like because it's got to be 
like it has to be she she has to be addicted enough that she would sell Daredevil's identity to some dude, right? Like so it, it would need to be stronger than like, oh my god, I need this bottle of whiskey, right? Like <laughs> and I can and my battery's dead, so I can't call Jessica Jones, right? So it's just like <laughs> Yeah, but I mean you could even do it with like a non like riddled by like addiction mm-hmm. uh, Karen Page at this point and have her be like, you know, because she's a journalist and Matt Murdock is dead and have her do like a, well, he was Daredevil. He's not anymore because he's dead. Who gives a shit, right? Because mm-hmm. maybe she just doesn't know. <laughs> like you could do it like that. I mean, obviously it wouldn't have the same sort of emotional punch, mm-hmm. but it, you could do it without having the character resorting to being a, a junkie and I still was... have like, it's still portrayed as sort of a strong female character. <laughs> I was under impression at the end of season one of Daredevil that Kingpin kind of already almost knew. No, he doesn't know. That there is at least a connection between Murdoch and Daredevil. Yeah, I mean, he may know that, but, like, I, I don't think so. But, like like I said, just, I don't know, just fucking do but born. Yes, just more do Kingpin, again. please. <laughs> yeah, definitely, cause... definitely give us more Kingpin. Um, no, and I'm sure they will. That character's not uh, done. Of the... A, a couple... Go ahead, KB. I was going to say a couple of quick points before we get too off the rails. Misty Knight getting set up for her robot arm. Yeah. And her yeah, and her and Colleen Wing, the daughters yeah, of the dragon. Yeah. Yeah, she's getting clearly getting kicked off the force. After mm-hmm. that so. punch that they pulled in uh in Iron Fist. In, in Luke, Luke Cage, Cage. yeah. Where she yeah. got shot in the arm and you're like, oh this is it, and then it healed and you're like, ah. Yeah, because <laughs> I I'm pretty sure I was Yeah, I'm pretty sure I was on this podcast going, I've never cheered for someone to lose an arm before, but I did there because <laughs> it was just like cause they yeah, said something like so it's she, funny now to like see her in the hospital, look at her arm, and just yeah. kind of like roll her eyes, like God damn it, not again. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, I was. That was good. Yeah. So hopefully she gets a robot arm. I was hoping they would go the extra mile and say something like, "Danny knows people at Stark Industries who may be able to help you." Right? And it was like, like I don't know why they couldn't. They they yeah, can't throw that little. It's, uh, it's, it's you know the Avengers Towers, the other building you can see from Rand Corporation. <laughs> yeah, it's just yeah. I don't I don't know why they they don't feel the need to uh, to do that. Of the four defenders, which one do you think came out looking the best in this series, KB? Jessica Jones. Miller? Jessica Jones. <laughs> I agree. I, I absolutely concur. She actually had my favorite line, which is at one point, like, it was basically how I felt about the defenders in the last episode. She rolls her eyes and goes, well, let's get this shit over with, <laughs> right? Like, that was how I that was how I felt turning on the last episode of the defenders. It was just like, let's get this shit over with. She, yeah. she was the only character that I felt I could understand her and, motivation. I could understand why... She was doing what she was doing. Mm-hmm. I could the, to a point. Although had the least had the least reason to be there, didn't she? Exactly. That's what I mean. She had the least. And reason. she left, but she left. Yeah. She left. True. But then she realized, well, these are this is all connected, so I'm gonna have to do this. Yeah. And it made sense. And. Oh, no. I, I mean. Totally and I mean, the, the other things that they did that I liked were, you know, Luke and Jessica both were the ones who were first to call Danny Rand on his horseshit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, my, my favorite moment might have been in the last episode when, although I've said I've had a few favorite moments, but like, just a, not a favorite moment, but a moment I really enjoyed was uh, Daredevil and... Jessica Jones and Luke Cage are all standing there and they're staring at that little elevator thing and then Jessica goes like let's get this shit over with and then uh, Matt Murdock says like just so you know I'm 
really glad you're here or something. And then she looks at him and goes, what? (laughs) And then it was like, I ain't going to hug you, man. Yeah. And then she's like, what? And then Matt Murdock tries to do like a superhero pump up team guy speech. And he's like, well, you know, it'll be easier if we work together. And then Luke Cage just goes, I'm not hugging you, man. Like that exchange of dialogue I thought was the realest, most like just, just most human set of dialogue that they had in the show where they're all yeah, just there, like, there was another one actually yeah. like, right before that, Matt, where, um, <laughs> they're, they're, no, they get to the elevator and they're like, you ready for this? No, you no. Yeah. Well, good enough. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, <laughs> well, we got to do it anyway. Right. It was just like, yeah, I don't know. It was the same thing. Cause I was going to say earlier that like, I don't know. It was weird what they were doing with Luke Cage, where it was like some people could hurt him, but some people couldn't. Like I don't know. It was dumb that like they had Danny Rand try to do stuff, like try to do martial arts to him, and he would just stand there rolling his eyes. But then all of a sudden he's fighting that uh, that Japanese dude who was skinning a bear earlier in the episode or earlier in the series, and was one of the members of the Hand. And I don't know his name, and I'm not gonna learn it because he's not important enough to remember. Uh, like I spoke English ever. Yeah. Actually, no, I like that. I'll say I, I, I rather enjoyed that, that he just straight up spoke Japanese. Because you know I kind of hate it. And they did it in Wonder Woman where the Germans were all sitting in the one room speaking in English. And it's like, well, this is okay. not but entirely accurate. Clarify, I yeah. was so bored around the like episode like yeah that you, you five to you're six. upset that you have to read so now that i like got up and was like doing stuff in the kitchen yeah and like i could still overhear the tv but i obviously couldn't read the subtitles yeah so yeah made so, it a bit of a reader you know yeah. i don't want to actually pay attention to this show i wish that they ended up speaking English. Yeah. uh the uh super joan jet i thought was that was probably my favorite line of the entire thing foggy i thought come out like jessica jones came out looking the best i think in this series uh, close second was probably Foggy. <laughs> like Foggy Nelson might have been like anytime oh, he man. was anytime he was on screen, I was just like, Yay! <laughs> right? Foggy's line about Foggy's line about how he gets to see his super hot girlfriend naked. <laughs> yeah, that was good. But also just when he just when he called Jessica Jones, he's like, You're in there with the unbreakable guy and the other guy and Super Joan Jet. <laughs> it was like I was like, Yeah, that's good stuff. Great line. Uh I actually kind of like the interactions between uh, Foggy and Luke Cage <laughs> for that reason. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty good. I, I, I mean, there was good stuff in in the Defenders, oh, just yeah, n- not was. enough of it. And my, my issue with it is that you can fit all of the good stuff. Like, if they had done, like, a – rather than a series, like an eight-episode series, if they had done, like, a like two-and-a-half-hour movie on Netflix only, mm-hmm. like, hey, it's the Defenders, it's, you know, a feature-length movie – I think they, they could have done it a good job with it, but there was like a couple episodes of dead space in the middle. I don't care about, I mean, it wasn't a boardroom, but the bad guys basically had boardrooms meetings for two episodes. Yeah. And they had the, the exposition <laughs> restaurant where they all just sat in there and they're like, this is no, why we didn't mind. But the yeah. first, like, half hour of that is let's stay around and who's going to stick around and how do we get these innocent people out of here? And are we hiding? And is Matt Murdock going to take the scarf off his goddamn face? And yeah. Like, it's... it's like, okay, can we actually like, get to having a conversation here yeah and like, it, like i don't mind that scene but like between the beginning because that's episode four i think mm-hmm. between like the end of that episode and the end of episode six like i i have a very little idea of what happened because i was zoning out yeah but like episode they, they captured sawande somehow and he got killed by stick because he escaped briefly and mm-hmm. it's like I, I know the bullet points but like 
people were having conversations like that. My eyes were glazed over. Yeah, nobody really de- like does like nobody really had a plan in this show. Like, the, actually, the only guy who had a plan was the architect who blew his brains out in the first episode. He was the only dude with a plan. He's like, I got some bombs, and these guys are evil. I'm gonna blow up this building and stop them. Yeah, and then, I like, like, okay, guys, we need a plan. It's been not, it's been six episodes, what do, or seven episodes. What do we do? Uh, I guess we'll do that guy's plan. Yeah, and Colleen Wing <laughs> is like, well, let's just do that guy's plan. And they're like, alright. Um, I hated the cop out of how all of like the chaste and the hand had been fighting for centuries, and then all of a sudden, because the hand felt like it, all the chaste decided to die. Like uh, it was in nothing. And then there was, it's so poorly string stringed together, and it was such a again a middle finger where they find the one sword, and Colleen is like, "This is a very rare sword. <laughs> Only four smiths in the entire world can make it, yeah. and there's one in New York." You know, <laughs> like, Come on, fuck off. No way. <laughs> yeah, it's convenient expositional device. Uh, yeah, it, it was just, just full of it. it was, every time it's like a roll eyes moment and mm-hmm. fighting fighting choreography was a lot better in this than it was in Iron Fist, the last series. Although there was, really? I got I got a bone to pick with with th- there was a moment in the Electra versus everyone fight in the last episode where. I don't know who thought this was a good idea, but basically it was like electric kung fu iron fist to the ground and then kicked Luke Cage somehow without breaking her shins. And then Luke Cage went down and then Jessica Jones came after her and she ducked under Jessica. And, and like, I like the fact that we, I, I kind of liked it, although it looks awkward on the show, but like Kristen Ritter clearly doesn't know how to throw a punch. And I kind of like that, like, I think it works for the Jessica Jones character, that Jessica Jones doesn't actually know how to throw a punch. She's just like... It's half in the bag half the time. Exactly. And she's just like, oh, I'm just, you know, I have sort of super strength, so I don't need to learn how to throw a punch, because, like, my my superpowers will just do whatever. So she comes up with this awkward throw, Electric ducks under it, kicks her and in the stomach, and then she goes to the ground, and then you get a wide shot, and you see, like, Jessica Jones huddled over, clutching her stomach, and then... Like Daredevil and Iron Fist are lying on the ground on their backs or on their stomachs, and then for no reason whatsoever, this is just the worst. This was the worst edit of the entire series. For no reason, Elektra does a cartwheel, <laughs> like to not like instead of just walking to wherever she wants to go, she does a cartwheel, and then you got a quick cut to. Iron Fist, who was on the ground, and then Elektra, like, kind of picked up and threw 50 feet into the air and crashed him into dragon bones, which then shattered. It was just, it was such an awkward edit. It was just, it was like, okay, wide shot, cartwheel, and then quick cut to Danny Rand smashing up against the wall. And it was like, what the hell just happened there? Like, it was like they, it was like they just cut a, a weird scene out. It was like they cut three seconds of Elektra and Danny Rand fighting out or like it was just it just disappeared it was it was so weird um yeah but i thought the like like the daredevil like when iron fist fought daredevil and even though it was like man danny Rand is a fucking idiot this should not be happening i realized we want to have a uh like so many of the sensationalistic moments they had in this show which was like electra versus everybody daredevil versus iron fist luke cage versus iron fist were all just predicated on danny Rand just being a fucking idiot in this and it's like I don't know it's, why why they have to write him why they have to do my boy like that I don't know. What I feel like they're trying to write about him I don't remember if I said this or not on the Iron Fist podcast 
I feel like they're trying to write him like he's still 10. Yeah. Like he didn't grow up and like his body grew up in Kung Lung, but he's still a kid. But then they give him those lines when he's talking to Davos, how they used to sneak peeks at the women in the spot uh, in the hot springs and they mm-hmm. used to go drinking together and like, yeah, which so, sounds, just... sounds like it sounds like the actions of an incredibly disciplined monk who a ninja monk who was able to, you know, defeat Shaolun and become yeah. fucking drag the iron yeah, fist. Right. And then, yeah, it's never, just, never for you, a you second can't have it both ways. No. And I mean, if you were told today, that your team could win the Super Bowl, but you couldn't watch football until the Super Bowl. Yeah. It's basically what they told him. And he's like, no, I gotta watch it. I, yeah. I gotta fight I gotta fight them. Like, come on, man. All you have to do is not go there. Mm-hmm. You don't have to not fight them. Just not don't go there. Don't go anywhere near it. And if you do, don't use your iron fist, because that's clear like it was so laid out. Mm-hmm. There is a door. It does not open. It was sealed by Iron Fist. Like, yeah, like even you, you, a seven-year-old yeah. could figure that shit out. And as oh, soon as Electra started goading uh, him on, and and he lightly he lit up the fist, not like, killing him. What are you doing? And he's like, oh, if I do this, maybe I'll get her. Like, no, no. I need the Iron Fist. Okay, I'm hopping a plane. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Just oh god. Oh, they're all gonna die if they don't get me within what hours, days, weeks. I'm going to go to China for a couple months. Bye. Yeah, so bad. Yeah, I'm sure there's other factions of the hand you could have attacked at that time. Yeah, right? I have giant enterprises. How many vacation homes do they own around the world? I'm just going to go... Like, come on, man. This isn't hard. No, it's so easy. It's not like he's, like, he's not like he's a daredevil type who's out, like, patrolling the streets to take care of crime and stuff like that. Like, his only aim is to defeat the hand. And when he finds out that the five fingers of the hand are depending on him to break down a wall for their continued survival, you should just be like, okay. <laughs> yeah. For a month. It should be advantage, advantage Iron Fist. I'm going to get the hell out of here. I He's mean, like, I'm going to be somewhere eating cool. dumplings and meditating. The Pacific Ocean on one of my company's many cruise ships. It yeah. Would have been, it would have been better if they would have said, we need you to break down this wall. And then it would just cut to Donald Trump and say, we're going to build that wall. And then he walks away. Yeah. Like, fuck, man. You got to put a dollar in the swear jar for mentioning Trump on the podcast, though. Uh, that's that's fine. It's he's ugh. yeah. Just ugh. it's like it's, it's so like bad. A little kid. It's like a little kid when you tell him, yeah. "Don't touch it. It's hot," and then he just yeah. oh, it hurts. Yeah, because it's fucking hot. Like, yeah, come on. Never for a goddamn second do you buy this. My life mission to touch that stove. Yeah, like. Like, never for a goddamn second do you buy Finn Jones as Danny Rand as a guy who would be worthy of being the fucking Iron Fist. Like, if, like, this was, that was the best guy Kun Lun had to offer? Are you fucking kidding me? Um, pretty cool. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Finn Jones was also awful. He was overacting the hell out of everything. Like, he talked about that boardroom meeting and he was doing this weird, like, He, like he was doing the uh, the what is it the twenty four guy uh, Kiefer Sutherland he was doing Kiefer the whi- yeah. <laughs> he was doing the whisper like the, the like you know like tell me the code no <laughs> you will tell me the code <laughs> you know like he was doing that thing where he was just like yeah he's like we don't have time oh god it was so fucking terrible and 
Yeah, honestly, the only Danny Rand moment I enjoyed was when he was tied to the chair and him and Luke Cage were just kind of, he's like, so how did you get your dragon power? And it was like, I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah, this is them. This is their, this is their dynamic. This is the, 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 this is the heroes for hire. This is the two of them. This is the Iron Fist and Luke Cage, the black exploitation guy and the Kung Fu martial arts dude, you know, just having a time. And it's just. Oh, man. This well, is... considering they're all part of the same Marvel universe and these guys tend to team up every once in a while in comics, as I'm led to understand, mm. I cannot see him hanging out with Tom Holland Spider-Man. No. <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, Electric killed Stick. I mean, do we, do we care? Do we care that we yeah. lost Stick? I mean... Uh, I mean, I saw that coming. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I'm upset. I'm, I'm more upset that we lost Stick because he was the only non-idiot on screen yeah. right like he was the only guy who like wall the only guy that was gonna do what needed to be done yeah wall wall kind of like the anti-hero team. type person that yeah. the show kind of needed mm. but uh, back going sorry going back to what miller said like a couple seconds ago about spider-man couldn't they have used a nice little light upbeat jokester well, because Jessica. They are all so I think that's what Danny Rand to be. Yeah, Danny. Danny Rand is supposed to be that guy. Supposed to be, but it yeah. was not done well. And they at used. All. They used. Well, he's supposed to be likable. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. The issue. Yeah, and and they they used Jessica Jones for that a little bit, but she still has to do her. I'm completely. Well, yeah, but detached like, all the time. Yeah. Yeah, I have to be super cynical and and yeah, like you said. Um, and then they, well, they ensemble casting. You always need to have your like upbeat, positive guy. You need to have your like yeah. jaded, sarcastic guy. You need to have like mm-hmm. you know the the caring guy. Like it's it's how you do these shows. It's it's like if you were making Avatar: The Last Airbender, but mm-hmm. you got rid of Aang. It would all be mission all the time. Yeah, and it's like if you had well, like, and that's why I think the sprinklings of foggy that we got were. Much were needed. much needed and rather enjoyable, and why I think I like he came off looking one of the better characters in the series or in this run well, because it was like he was the only guy who seemed like a real fucking person. Guy, you have to go to Luke Cage, and because yeah. he can make fun comments every once in a while, or you have to go to Jessica Jones because at least her sarcasticness mm-hmm. is funny and witty. You know, mm-hmm. it's yeah. not lighthearted at all, and and we need to, or rather, it's not as lighthearted as it needs to be. It's still better than like a Batman versus Superman, but. We needed more of it. Yeah. Not great. Uh, anything else you want to add before we go into the, the final uh, grade for the to Defenders? Add, we were talking about Electric Killing Stick and whether anyone cares. Uh, I called that in Season 2 of Daredevil mm-hmm. as soon as they had the scene of her training, him training her as a girl. Yeah. I'm like, oh, so is this going to be like a uh, Obi-Wan Vader situation? <laughs> Turns out, yeah, basically. And I just... I, I mean, I said it on, like, I guess I'll reiterate it because, you know, this could be the first time someone's listened to the podcast. You should treat every podcast like it's someone's first. But, I mean, like, I, I hate Elektra. I hate her character. I hate it. I hate it in the comic books. I think any time Elektra shows up, it is the worst, like, it is the worst versions of Daredevil. I don't like the hand at all. I don't like, I, I don't like Matt Murdock fighting magic ninjas. I like Matt Murdock fighting the Kingpin and, and, and crimes that I think could, you know, threats that ex- I think could exist somewhat in real life not magic bare-legged ninja chicks who basically turn you into an asshole and the whole like Electra of of like like I honestly thought when Electra killed Stick and Sigourney Weaver I was like okay we're not going to do that and there was a moment there where I was like okay we're not going to do the incredibly cheesy Daredevil brings her back from the brink with the power of love right and then they 
did it anyway at the last possible second too and I was just like Jesus Christ you really went there like that was the best you had you had a chance to do something real there with Electra just being like no I'm evil fuck you Matt like you're, yeah, you're they, a tool when they killed Sigourney Weaver off when the, the, the yeah. sixth episode and I thought that there were still six more episodes yeah, I, like this is exactly like Luke Cage yeah exactly they, they did her the same nearly the same dirty as as Mahershala Ali I'm not exactly how you pronounce that first name but uh, however it is who was doing th- although yeah cottonmouth was his character name but Mar- i'll say marshala lee got more like we we went into the background on his character and we yeah. wanted to spend way more time with him than i think i did with sigourney and which well, is why it was worse when he got tossed sigourney was displayed here because she yeah. comes across as menacing mm-hmm. but what did she accomplish over the course of this season she blew mm-hmm. all their resources to resurrect electra who yeah. killed her yeah uh, yeah, oh yeah, it was absolutely terrible. And like she didn't really like she was so menacing. She would have been great if given the opportunity, and they didn't. Yeah, and she was like sitting there feeding the pigeons, and like Madame Gao, who we've established as this you know Chinese ultimate woman, badass. and <laughs> ultimate badass is not afraid of everything, is basically terrified to contradict anything Sigourney Weaver is about to say. And then there was the Asian dude who's like, or the Japanese dude who's like, well, I'm I'm here to kill you now. Because you're you're fucking everything up with this. Which, by the way, I agreed with the Japanese guy who was like, "Why the fuck do we care that Electra's here? Why are we pouring resources into this chick? It, it makes absolutely no sense." And I was just like, "Thank you, Japanese guy," because this is this is. I wish it, I knew your name. Yeah, I, exactly. I wish I I wish I cared to learn your name, but I don't. Because again, you're 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 never going to be back. But uh, yeah, I <laughs> it's just like, man, it it, it just and then. Yeah, and Sigourney sat there and was like, he's like, I'm here to kill you now. And she's like, you're not going to kill me. You're too scared to kill me because you don't fear. St-. And she's like, because you fear death and I don't fear anything. And then that got interrupted by, by something else, I think by Electra dragging in Danny Rand. And then, and then after that, it's like the hand is having discussions about should we overthrow her or not? And they're like, they're all, the four of them are kind of sitting there going, no, we shouldn't because she could probably kill us all. And then she just gets stabbed in the back by Electra, and that's it. And I was like, why were you afraid of Sigourney Weaver? Like, she could have, uh, like, allegedly she could have just tripped on a log and broke her neck. Like, it's just like, like, what, well, like, what was this, menacing about her? It's catch for us as the viewers because we're given all this reason to believe that we should kill her, that we, sorry, that we should fear her, but only because of how other characters are acting around her that we already fear. Yeah. But not like she doesn't do anything to earn that. Like there's there's not any point at which we're like, oh, she's a brilliant combatant, or oh, she has super strength, or oh, she has all these resources that she can bring to bear. Like she's a brilliant tactician. Nothing. We get nothing. We get she blew all their resources resurrecting the thing that killed her. Yeah. I I don't I. <sighs> I don't know. I don't agree I mean, with it at all. Maybe that's more of my my issue with Elektra, but ultimately it's my issue with the writing. You always bet. Well, Elektra, trust me, Elektra's not a great character in the comic books. I think she's. I think. Well, she's I don't think so either. I mean, maybe one of the worst fe- job of portraying her here as a terrible character. Yeah, it's I, the same I, I mean, this Deadpool the, movie. Yeah, it the was a very faithful Deadpool movie. If you like Deadpool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, yeah, this is a faithful adaptation of Elektra, I think, because she basically shows up, makes everything worse by being there has a sort of cool ninja costume and then drags Matt Murdock down into like one of the best characters Marvel has drags him down into this unlikable fuckboy 
who's just like, oh, you know, I just want to satisfy my 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 carnal urges by hanging out with this assassin ninja chick, and it's just like, fuckboy is the exact right word. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah, absolutely fuckboy. It's ridiculous. Um, yeah, and I don't. I, I just want to be clear here. Uh, Elodie Young seems like a great actress. Yeah, oh yeah, she's game with the material. It's just a horrible character. It's the same yeah. thing with it's the same thing with Sigourney Weaver. It's the same thing with a lot of people in the show. I think minus Finn Jones. I think everybody's it's actually the same thing. A lot of people put on uh, Hayden Christensen actually. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's well, I don't it's not know. His fault that they wrote Anakin Skywalker that. Way. Yeah, true. I mean, if 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 you're gonna defend defend Hayden Christensen, that would be the the route you take, right? I mean, I'm not, but, but there's a lot of people now, like you know, 15 years after the prequels, kind of going back and being like, well, what actually happened? Here? Yeah, it's, yeah. Let's really take a look at it. But yeah. It's just, it's it's not good. I mean, final grade. What's your final grade, KB, on the Defenders? Uh, what did I give Iron Fist? I don't know. I I can't one remember. Point, one point above Iron Fist. It was like a D minus or maybe an was... F. I, I might have given, I, I, I'm not sure I'll if I... I'll give it a D, D plus, I guess. Yeah, I'm not sure if it I... Can move, it can move on to the next to the next one. Yeah. Which I think is Punisher. On to the I next one. On, on to the next one. Uh, Kevin Miller, final grade on uh, the Defenders? Uh, C minus. I think that they had enough here that they could have put together a good, like, two and a half hour movie. Mm-hmm. But a stretch over the course of eight hours, blessedly. Mm-hmm. Um, it was... Uh, just kind of unremarkable like there were some good bits in it but i can't remember probably half of it and i just watched it and it's only eight hours uh yeah i couldn't couldn't agree more i i think i'm right there it's a, a generous generous c minus to the yeah. defenders and whereas i think i gave uh iron fist like a high d because as much as i didn't like it i thought that a lot of the supporting cast was at least acting well like I don't know. Really? I didn't like, agree we, with that at all. We, we I wouldn't agree with that at all. <laughs> like, no, no, no. I, I honestly don't remember what I said about Iron Fist. I remember it was a high, oh, but a there high were D, enough, was a high D for the drunken that. fist fight. That's what it got. Yeah, yeah. that's what it was. That's what it was. <laughs> I was going to say, there was a couple of like, a, a good scenes of fight choreography that made me be like, hey, I like this half hour. Hey, I like this half hour. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's it's similar to our like our Luke Cage review too, where it's like, I like everything in it except for the plot and writing, which it turns out is like, you know, at least fifty percent. Yeah, well, if you're putting together a pie piece of your show, I, it's seventy percent. I would say is is actual writing and plot, and then the rest is you know acting, set pieces, style. Yeah, style it's a shame because like I, I don't think that I would have like if you're saying seventy percent of a show is its writing. I think I think a, that would be my guess. And Luke Cage got a zero on it. Yeah. Which I don't think they did. I mean, let's give it a twenty or something. Yeah, no, seven. they definitely didn't get a zero. I mean, basically everything, like. But it had more than enough style to make up for. Is what I'm getting. Yeah, at. Ba- basically everything in Luke Cage. Luke Cage, the second Mar- Mahershala Ali went out the window, the show went with him. Is is what happened. The second he got thrown out of that window and killed, the show went with him. And uh, with the exception of the Method Man scene. True. Yeah. Which oh, <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up. At no point did they score any... This was so fucking awkward. I mean, I like the choice of song because I love this Wu-Tang Clan song, but at no point did they use an original score during any of this first seven and a half hours of the eight-hour show. And then in the last fight scene, all of a sudden, we've got uh, all four guys taking on the hand members and it's all of a sudden set to protect your neck by the Wu-Tang Clan. Like, that came out of nowhere. I mean, great song choice, but it was like... 
what the fuck? <laughs> like, at no point it, it, was... It came right out of nowhere. Yeah. I have to believe the Wu-Tang Clan is fucking chuffed wherever they are right now. I bet they <laughs> love that shit. Oh, probably. But it was just like... It was just like, man, what was the point of that? And it just... It didn't... It, it, it was it was it was basically the reverse of Iron Fist, where in the first episode they played "So Fresh and So Clean" by Outkast, and you're like, oh, they're gonna yeah. score the entire series with songs like with, with like, yeah, with like early two thousands hip hop, yeah, late nineties, early two thousands hip hop. This is gonna be great, and then they never called back to it whatsoever. It was the reverse of that, where it was like, until now, yeah, we're cruising around for seven up seven and a half hours, and then in the last fifteen minutes. Oh, right. It's a Netflix TV show. I mean, I don't know what their budget is, even if it is Marvel. Maybe they've only got the, the budget for one song every season. Right. Well, you cut out half of those supporting characters' salaries. I'm pretty sure you can afford a few more <laughs> songs. Yeah, ridiculous. Um, Jessica Jones still holds the opening title belt. The... the the opening uh, title sequence, title belt, because this this I didn't mind this one though. I think this might have been a, a second place for me. Really? I thought it was nothing. I I, I watched it once and I'm like, this... I thought it was nothing, and I, I was agree. like, this is nothing. I think that the other ones it, are distinctively it, bad. Yeah. It was interesting until they abandoned the different colors for different scenes. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't know. That's, like, a, that's a fair point. I guess I made note of the uh, opening in the first couple episodes when they were still doing the the specific lighting for specific characters. Which yeah. which I thought was really cool, and they should. Well, have I was I was to ready do... to write a thesis. I'm like I was ready to because the first couple episodes were good. Mm-hmm. I was ready to come to this review and be like, here's what I really liked about it. Here's how they sort of theme things throughout. Then they abandoned that and abandoned being good. Yeah, it, it was. Yeah, it was. Awesome. Which is an interesting choice. <laughs> like, I don't know. I had this. I I I was prepared to give this intro worse than than Daredevil because I just oh, that's, no. Come I on. the bleeding city. Come on, man. Yeah, the bleed the bleeding city is bad. I mean, that that was the worst. None of them have memorable. Like I would say, Luke Cage, like Jessica Jones and Luke Cage are the only like like just the actual music that's going on during the opening sequence that I care to hear again. Yeah, like that's, that's like. Because I mean, Iron Fist. The Luke was... Cage one I would like a lot more if they actually got. Actually, like, the Iron Fist one is. Dude, right? <laughs> yeah, the Iron Fist one is still the worst, right? Like I would say, the order for right now is, I would go Jessica Jones number one with a bullet, Luke Cage number two, but like a distant number two. Yeah. And but only because his theme music is 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 good, and then I would say, probably Ten Feet of Crap, and then. The defend I get man I guess by default is the defenders third because it's not as bad I, yeah, as Iron Fist. It's not third. as bad as the Bleeding City and it's not a rip off of Street Fighter. Yeah, like, I, I, yeah. Both. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I mean, yeah. Yes to KB. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I that must be it. Yep. All right. Uh yeah they talked about all the important stuff so yeah that's it c minus basically c minus to a d plus for for the defenders i mean marvel netflix is is... yeah i mean we can agree generally all downhill since the beginning except for this brief tiny upshot yeah and and that's only because of like the 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 bar was lowered so and i've been saying this in the lead up too and you know i've been saying this to kb but basically like and I think I, I tweeted this that basically the po- the poster quote you can give for like it would it's better than Iron Fist. Yeah, the poster quote you can give the defenders is like crossover podcast quote 
it was better than Iron Fist. <laughs> like that would that would... Time Magazine says yeah. it's watchable. Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> like, it's dot 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 a show. It's like Peter Travers of Rolling Stone says you're probably not going to do anything with those eight hours anyway, <laughs> right? Like that effective background noise. Yeah, it's Pretty it's dot 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 good. Yeah, it was like yeah. It, it, it was... Now featuring one quarter of the Daniel Rand. Yeah, it was... Is, yeah, not great. <laughs> like, it just... Was oh, yeah, well, great. overall better as an average. Yeah, but, but the bar... Yeah, the bar was so lowered by... Uh, the, the bar was well, so lowered yeah, by Iron Fist. You take, Fist. You take yeah. peak Jessica Jones, you take peak Luke Cage, you take only Iron Fist, I guess peak Iron Fist by definition. Yeah. Um, and this is not an acceptable average... No, it's... I was hoping for you know. I mean, obviously, it's like Avengers. You you're not going to get like a full character arc for every single character involved. I think we got one for two characters, mm-hmm. three if you count Colleen Wing, who got more of a character arc than Jessica or Luke. Yes, but uh, as a overall, I mean, let's let's hope that I mean maybe Punisher will be better. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, I who'd ever thought that I would be turned into John Barenthal and Punisher, a character I, I hate, to be like, go get it, big boy. You know? <laughs> like, There's a good chance that Kingpin's in that series, though. At least that's a thing. Yeah. Uh, Alright. <laughs> that's yeah. all I have. We're, we're, just, we're just hoping to go balls for the wall. Let's do uh, Blade... Punisher, Ghost Rider, all in one show. And see Maybe, if they can I do guess. It. Good God. Uh, why not? Show off a Dream of the 90s <laughs> is alive. Uh, before we get out of here, let's briefly discuss, because we're, we're over an hour at this point, let's let's briefly discuss the, the rumored to be in production live-action Joker origin movie. Um, my opinion on this is I don't need this. I don't want this. And well, I I googled it before we we came on, yeah. and the second result is literally who really wants a Joker origin film? It's yeah, it there's no reason for because I mean the Killing Joke is an okay story that apparently they made a really bad animated movie too that I I haven't bothered watching, I'll, but I don't yeah, I, I don't I don't deign to. Um, uh, maybe that maybe we can uh, have some drinks and watch that for a two hundredth episode. <laughs> maybe, yeah, let's throw it in there. But uh, let's throw it in the pile of our many. What the hell are we gonna do for the two hundredth episode? But <laughs> yeah, uh, for the winter break. Yeah, but the uh, greatest episode ever. But watching Avatar. Oh yeah, it's <laughs> not a Sorry. bad. The Last Airbender, <laughs> the drunken Last Airbender commentary. Um, but yeah, I just the best Joker stories are. It's just who gives a fuck about like no I don't care about the joke the greatest are like the pe- the people most of. people in 2017 believe the greatest Joker of all time is Heath Ledger's right and what 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 like basically what was his backstory uh, in throw and not even a throwaway line because it, it was deliberate by Chris Nolan it has Gary Oldman say you know you know we don't have any fingerprints on him he's he's nothing he's this guy's a ghost all we found in his pockets were knives and lint and it's like okay the Joker just exists. Like we we don't need any kind of like 
background. I mean, the Killing Joke is 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 as deep as all as I'm willing to go with the Joker because I just don't care. I don't want don't an origin story. I don't need a biopic. I don't need that web spun. I just the Joker just exists and is pure evil. That's it. Because because the Joker isn't supposed to be a sympathetic character, exactly. and you can't make a movie where the villain is your main character. Yeah, they have I to just, be a protagonist. Yeah. So. The only way they can do this were, I mean, I don't know if I would even like it plot-wise, but I think I might like it stylistically because I, I read an article saying that they wanted to set it in, like, the 80s mm-hmm. as, like, an origin story. I kind of like the idea of doing it as a prequel to the Dark Knight Returns version of the Joker. Mm-hmm. And involving, like, the uh, like Jack Napier Red Hood sort of origin in there. I could be okay with that. I still don't know if I'm rushing to theaters to see it opening weekend, and that's ideally. How much of this? Because it's supposed to be Leto's Joker, right? I no, I I don't think so. No, I think they're they're, gonna, they're doing uh, this a prequel set like years before. It's not going to yeah. be uh, Leto. I have I've read that it's not. They don't they don't want Leto, and I can't blame them. Mm-hmm. I was going to say though, how how much of it is trying to rebound from Leto's Joker trying to get people interested in it again I mean I don't know how did the mass public respond to Leto's Joker I mean I fucking hate it from what I've read and seen lots of people thought it was the worst yeah I I, I think people have yeah most said that it was but I mean I don't even really know how you could judge Leto's Joker they didn't really give him enough fucking screen time in in <laughs> in the fucking Suicide Squad, right? Well, it was completely milk toast. Whatever yeah. that character was, it wasn't the Joker because, like, yeah, like you can't put green hair on a juggalo and tell me it's the Joker. Yeah, it was, yeah, it, it was, was not behaving in any way like a Joker I would recognize. Yeah, it was real fucking cheese dick. Like the only thing, the only thing I really like there there was a there was an edited scene or or one of the many deleted because the Suicide Squad had like a ton of deleted scenes. One of the deleted scenes they had was um, the Joker leaves wherever he was without Har- without Harley, right? Like he and then he gets in that pink Ferrari that we see them in in the actual movie uh, when when Batman and he gets in the pink Ferrari and just starts driving away like he just leaves Harley wherever the hell she is because he's the Joker and he truly doesn't give a fuck about her, right? And Harley boots some dude off of a motorcycle and then chases down the Joker on the motorcycle. So the Joker is, you know, so Leto's Joker's in the driver's seat, just driving in the in the Lamber in the Lamborghini, and then Margot Robbie pulls up alongside the Joker and starts banging on the window and screaming, you know, like "Hey" and stuff like that. And Jared Leto does this, like, oh, you know, like like this 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 was a very good Joker. Like Joker would do Sigh, this. I roll that. That seems very. Interesting. Yeah, like he does. Like he does this. Like oh, like he does the he does oh, the brother. he does the oh my god, my ex girlfriend is here and she's being crazy. You know, like I roll and then tries to and does the thing where he like takes his left hand and like covers his face so that she can't yeah. see him and stuff. And I was just like, wow. I was like, that is that is a a moment there. Like that is a a moment of brilliance. Like I'm like the Joker would do that where he would pretend like he was a high schooler. Like this was just like some random like oh my god, my ex girlfriend showed up at a party even though it's like this killer clown woman is attacking me on a motorcycle while I'm driving a neon pink Ferrari like like this situation yeah, isn't what it is me in my pink car and my green hair exactly right and it's like maybe my if white I, suit suit yeah maybe if it's like I need to pretend it's not 
not here, right? It just, yeah, it, it made like that, that I was like, okay, that is something that's, that's has some substance to it. And that is very reminiscent of those two characters. And it was just like, yeah, <laughs> like they, and then the rest of it was just like, I don't know. They, they didn't give, I don't know. It was Leto doing a weird, like, Jim Carrey as a juggalo <laughs> impression. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know what the fuck it was. It was weird. But yeah, uh, don't want, don't want a Joker origin movie. Don't want it. Yeah. <laughs> like at no, all. No, no, it's, yeah. it's exactly what I've said about Punisher movies in the past is that you can't make a antagonist like that mm-hmm. a main character because they're not sympathetic in any way. No. I mean, more so. I mean, you can you can claim that the Punisher has some things about him that make him sympathetic, like he lost his family, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. He's going to make the people who did it pay. But the Joker doesn't have that, and you can't give us an origin story now and expect us to give a crap. Yeah. And I mean, I don't, I don't care. The Joker's better without having an origin story yeah. because he's supposed to be this agent of chaos, and the more he seems like a face spirit come out of the plane of elemental chaos, yeah. the better. Exactly. Yeah. He's supposed to be chaotic evil. That's it. He's he's like in 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 D and D parlance, he's just supposed to be chaotic evil, and you don't need an explanation for why he's chaotic evil, right? Like it's like sure. like do we need like like Joffrey, right? Like like when everybody hated King Joffrey in Game of Thrones, it was just because he was chaotic evil and he didn't care anything. He only wanted to well, do yeah, evil at no stuff. Point did he, you know, have two whores fisting each other while he gave his backstory? We'll it, save that for Little Finger. <laughs> exactly, right? It was just like, yeah, it, it was like he was just evil. That's it. You don't need any like, well, why is Joffrey evil? Did Cer- were Cersei and Jaime mean to him when he grew up? And it's like, no, who gives a shit? It's the same thing with White. Like, we don't need a Joker origin movie in the same way we never needed a Maleficent movie, right? Like, 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 there was no reason to have a Maleficent movie because it's just like, okay, she's an evil dragon witch in a friggin' Disney movie. Like, like who seriously thought sat in a room and was like, "Well, why is she like this?" And it's like, who cares? Like, she's just oh, no. evil. I mean, we're, we're speaking as fans, but I mean, you can't stop Time Warner and you can't stop Disney trying to make their money. Yeah, I know. It, I mean, that's exactly why they're doing it. But I mean, it doesn't do anything for me necessarily. No, doesn't. Don't need that's a joke. To so, say about it. <laughs> crossover podcast officially against the Joker <laughs> origin movie. Um. Hey. They put together something great, then I'll take I'll take a look. But I mean, I have no reason with hey, they might make a Joker movie, and it yeah. might be set in this era. I hope. But in the meantime, until I hear more, I don't care. Yeah, I, I I'm just saying I don't need it, and I hope that this is one of those projects that nobody can come to an agreement on, and then it just eventually gets scrapped. That's like all nine other DC movies in the show. Yeah, exactly. Uh, somebody had a great tweet. I wish I could give him credit, but the tweet was something along the lines of, uh, like, I feel like every Batman character is going to have a solo movie by the end of November, <laughs> like announced by the end of November or something. It's brilliant. It's a brilliant tweet. Wish I could remember who, who it's not wrong. Yeah, that feels accurate. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So that's it for, for us for this week. We'll be back next week with our game of Thrones finale episode. We're going to have the whole, uh, the whole panel on for that one. And, uh, after that, uh, yeah, we're going to be doing a lot of football. Like Craig and Bill and I will be back every week doing football because it'll be football season, f- getting all your football gambling needs. So we'll be back on heavy on the sports side. and uh, Yeah, and w- once that goes on, we'll be doing the occasional, you know, Thor will be out before you know it. And 
Oh, that looks so fun. Yeah, that that looks does... like such a fun movie. Yeah, I hope I hope that's yeah. great. I'm hoping to have I, a couple I, of. I'm making my promise here as well, Matt, mm-hmm. that before the new season start, I will catch up on the DC TV show. Yes, do <laughs> that. We can at least do some sort of uh, maybe uh, pre uh, yeah. preview, especially for Arrow the seasons Absolutely. by the fall, especially Arrow because Arrow was goddamn excellent, and the ending to it was was. Woo. Yeah. yeah. I'm uh, so far behind all four of those shows, I'll just take like a week off work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go for it. Uh, crossover podcast available at the crossoverpodcast.com, facebook.com slash crossover podcast. Uh, contact at the crossoverpodcast.com if you want to email us with any sort of suggestions. We're on iTunes. Please rate and subscribe. Uh, soundcloud.com slash crossover podcast. And the Twitter account is at mpier6. And I'm hoping to have some special guests on. Uh, when we do the Thor, the aforementioned Thor, uh, Ragnarok review. So, uh, hopefully we're getting, we're like, I don't, I, I won't say who, but just going to tease that some people from some other podcasts might be joining us for that one. Uh, yeah, that's it. Uh, Kyle Brown, Kevin Miller, thanks for coming on and I guess filleting the defenders with me because it was not great. <laughs> it was, it was not great. On this one. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't good. I mean, it just wasn't good. But, uh, you know, there's fun stuff in it, and, yeah. Hey, we got... I don't, we I don't got... regret watching it, I can say that. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't feel like... And it was because, it's because it was eight episodes, honestly. That was the best... If that it was 12 episodes, I might regret yeah, watching it. Yeah, that was the smartest thing they did. The smartest thing they did was bust it down to eight episodes from 13, because that's yeah, been the biggest learned, complaint of the If you learned any Netflix lessons, series. keep that one up. Yeah, exactly. Well put, Miller. Uh, so that's it, and we'll see you next time on the Crossover Podcast. Yeah.